Welcome to episode 6 of Paleo Conservative on Steroids. This is Corn Cod 1. Uh, this evening I'd like to just make some very general statements on uh, the nature of the meta-narrative for the nationalist populist movement. Uh, worldwide and the current state of the uh, current state of our situation especially since it looks as if uh, nationalist populists are going to be denied access to the to the web now as you can imagine I mean that formerly was our great strength I think it was the internet and its freewheeling discussions that were permitted there, you know, both on websites, social media, podcasts like this one, uh, and various other forms of web-based communication that enabled you know, fairly intelligent people to get around the establishment, to get around the establishment media, and even to challenge the establishment media. So that's why you had a situation with, uh, you know, our current situation with Alex Jones and InfoWars. Now, uh, I have my ideological differences with Mr. Jones. I, You know, I, he's a paleo-libertarian. I am not a paleo-libertarian. I'm a third positionist uh, nationalist. But, uh, you know, one thing that uh, Mr. Jones and InfoWars was able, to, was able to do was to inform the general public, not necessarily the educated po- part of the populace, not, not, you know, not necessarily the middle class even, but the work, working class, ordinary working class people. Uh, of the dangers and the problems inherent in being ruled by the New World Order and turned it into something that was more or less popular. I mean, I can remember back in the early to mid-1980s when I was pretty much uh, a, a kind of uh, ordinary uh, mainstream conservative, you know, I remember I used to used to deal with, you know, some people who were members of, or who kind of uh, hinted that they were members of the John Birch Society. Now I. I always treated I always treated those people well. I never rejected them. I was always very friendly with them. I mean, I knew back then that the people who really pulled the shots in the United States and and in in the Western world, you know, were bad people, essentially. That the establishment was very bad. And that the people who really ran things were pretty much evil. 
But I back then I didn't really necessarily uh, latch on to all, necessarily all their theories about you know Bilderbergers and Rockefeller and Brzezinski and you know the fact that a very tiny uh, establishment of big money people pretty much called the shots in the Western world, uh, you know, as a kind of a secret dictatorship, or what we call it now, a deep state. But gradually, over time, see, see I came by it in an interesting way, by, by being a, a sort of disciple, because I, I, I came to know him rather well, and... Uh, you know, wrote for one of his publications, became a disciple of Samuel Francis, who, where he got a lot of his ideas from, was, you know, the Italian elitist political philosophers. You know, like uh, Pareto, Robert Michels, Gaetano Masca, so I, I, I came by elite theory uh, in a very classical way and not necessarily in the way of being a member of, let's say, the John Birch Society or some other more conspiratorial thing. Well, you know, as I found out over time that the, that the narrative that was being pushed by the John Birch Society was a lot closer to the truth then that the way the world works uh, was pretty close to what they theorized. And that these uh, secret societies and organizations, that these banks, and that these multinational corporations were taking on a life of their own and becoming the real authority in Western culture. And so gradually, over time, I came to an almost identical set of views to these sort of conspiracy theory people. Now, of course, as I learned, you know, a lot of this stuff is not really secret conspiracy. A lot of this is in so many words, hidden in plain sight. You know, as gradually, I think as I learned, as I expanded in my reading, I became more acquainted with the way the world really worked and how uh, elites coming from elite universities, uh, belonging to secret societies, having identical political ideologies, etc., you know, really inform me. And the fact that, you know, right now we're going through a situation where the New World Order is, is responding in a very serious way toward the populist nationalist revolution in Europe, the Trump movement in the United States, you know, the beginnings of 
the good things that are going on in South America right now in places like Brazil and Colombia. Uh, you know, and even in, even in places like India, where the, where the Hindu sort of nationalists are gaining ground. So, uh, it's kind of interesting how they're finally getting a little bit organized and they're becoming, unfortunately, they're becoming more authoritarian. They're showing us their more authoritarian side. And I think that's what's happened since, since, uh, in the United States, for example, with the Trump phenomenon, is that they that they're really absolutely terrified and crazy, knowing that they've lost control of the narrative. Uh, it's kind of amazing. I think I have my own little side theory. It might be right. It might be wrong. That. The new, that uh, the so-called New World Order, or whatever you want to call it, the Hive, or, you know, the transnational elites, give it the name you want, that they're not as, as effective as they used to be. My own personal theory is, is that the elite universities... Um, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and the second-tier universities are not producing the kind of people that they used to produce. I think they're producing a lot of second-rate minds. Oh, yeah, they are, you know, they do take all the powerful positions in society. They do become, take the more prominent roles and they still automatically go to the front of the line. But I get the impression that they're not as widely read as they used to be, as intelligent as they used to be, as subtle as they used to be. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting that Trump came to power after both David Rockefeller and Zbigniew Brzezinski I think maybe uh, Brzezinski died a couple of months after Trump took his oath. I'd have to I'd have to look up that factoid. But uh, how that first generation of the globalist international command center, so to speak, had already passed the torch to the to the to the next generation. I mean, you know, the elderly, what, 96-year-old George Soros. I mean, he has a lot to say. But is he really coordinating things? You know, why did they wait to the most recent Bilderberg meeting? You know, the rumors out of the most recent Bilderberg meeting, which I think they held in Italy, was that, they're, you know, that, well, we got to handle this populist thing. And it seems this world, this worldwide populist movement has become so successful because they've been resistant to the usual tactics that the establishment left 
has been, you know, has been using all these years. You know, even such a minor, for example, a minor threat to the establishment that was presented in the person of Richard Nixon. And we saw how easy it was for them to destroy Nixon. You know, not that Nixon was some sort of great uh, populist hero or anything, but they did interpret him as a threat, and, you know, they used the Watergate scandal to destroy him. But, you know, the media used to be able to destroy people, like, overnight. And they couldn't destroy Trump. All the things they did. They used all the, all the traditional tools of their trade when it comes to vilification. And none of it worked. You know, how... Um, and then they, you know... Then they uh, started using some of this heavy use of the intelligence agencies. You know, the very fact that it's all come to light, maybe not all, but a great deal of it's come to light, that the CIA and the FBI, you know, were being used to try to prevent... Donald Trump from becoming president of the United States, and they were unsuccessful. What the hell's wrong with the New World Order that they're not that effective anymore? Have they lost have they lost confidence in themselves? I think it's possible. I think that maybe the current generation of world corporate leaders and New World Order rights, and devil worshippers, and, you know, whatever you want to say, that, that, they've been, that they've been infected by the decadence that they've actually used to, to create in society as a tool in order to destroy us, is they're destroying themselves. Because so many of them, you know, as we come to know, I mean, you don't have to believe or not believe in Pizzagate to know that the upper right, right ranks of our establishment are mostly composed of sexual degenerates. You know, I mean, could you imagine David Rockefeller being a, a sexual degenerate? You know, we all know Nelson Rockefeller was a bit of a horn dog, but uh, you know, more in the normal way. You know, he wasn't... He, I don't think Nelson was banging little children or 12-year-old girls or whatever, you know. He did the very ordinary thing of banging his ug- ugly secretary, which is kind of interesting. Uh, he's, he was said to be in the saddle when, when he died, so to speak. Um, yeah, I, I think it's... I think it's that the people that currently run the New World Order are not as smart, not as intelligent, not as swift, not as responsive as the previous generation of their leadership. So I think that's why they're beginning to fail. But now they've become very earnest. Now they've sort of put on the hurry up.
You know, because it used to be. I think they were very content with their process of gradualism. I think maybe the previous generation of New World Order leaders, they would have looked uh, on the Trump phenomenon as a temporary blip, a temporary hiccup, you know, on the road to their perverted utopia. That, okay, well, what we'll do is, you know, we'll wait four years, we'll find a way to... We'll find a way to get get around and get rid of this guy. And then, you know, we'll go back to implementing the plan. But instead, they went into a state of complete hysteria. I mean, look at my, you know, even, even down to like minor two-bit players in the game. I mean, look at that Jim Acosta character from CNN. How he's going to presidential press conferences and acting like a jackass. And obviously he's under some pressure from his handlers. That that he's gone into a state of hysteria. And because all of their usual tools of vilification... And smearing, you know, the old Schmierbund, you know, really isn't working as well as it used to be. And I think, it, you know, it's possibly also true, you know, even for the very sharp uh, Jewish part of the New World Order. You know, they used to be really swift and practical men. And, you know, I use the word men advisedly. You know, now that the New World Order is composed of so many females, that establishment figures, you know, are largely female. I mean, that was not in the case. And, you know, females, God bless them, you know, even those in positions of power do have a, do have a tendency uh, toward hysteria. And going to pieces. So I find this, yeah, all very interesting. You know, I used to, I used to know a couple of people who went to elite universities. You know, I won't use their names, but you know, two of them are no longer with us. God rest their souls. One was a Yaley, another was a Columbia man. And even then, when I when I knew these men in the eighties, nineties, early two thousands. I mean, they were really intelligent guys, very cultured, very broadly read. But were they of the same timber as the people that ran the New World Order in the 1930s, the 1940s, the 1950s, into the 1960s? You know, I would say no. Because in a lot of ways, you know, even though I... I I have no illusions about my my intelligence or even the breadth of my reading, although it's been extensive, you know, that I would occasionally even teach these guys a few things. So it's, um, I think it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting, and I'm just wondering 
how successful the New World Order project to throw the right off of social media is going to be. Will it, um, will it, will it affect the midterms? I mean, it's obvious they're trying to affect the midterm elections in the United States and make sure that at the very least the Democrats take the House, you know, and, and possibly the Senate. And of course, they're also hoping, you know, they're also looking at, you know, 2020 and to make sure that you know, Trump doesn't become, doesn't doesn't get his second term. And I'm just wondering how successful they're going to be and how far they're going to go in changing the web. Because the web used to be very freewheeling. Now it's going to be an extreme, apparently, it's going to be an extremely dull place. It's going to be tightly controlled political correctness. You know, anyone that begins to get excessive prominence on the web, as they see it, you know, is going to be shadow banned. I think even in some of my modest uh, social media presentations, I think even I, I think they've even played with mine a little bit. And believe me, I'm I'm as... I'm as minor a player in this as you can imagine. But I'm just wondering how successful they're going to be in shutting down a good deal of the web to right-wing, nationalist, populist sentiment. And whether whether it's really going to work for them. Apparently they think it's, they think it, they think this project is worth it. But they've been wrong before, and they've been thwarted before. And so, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm extremely curious to see how this is going to play out, and how disaster it, disastrous it's, it's going to be for our side, for the populist nationalist side and all this. Or whether it, you know, whether it's just going to be a, a minor inconvenience for us, you know. I guess the big question is, is, you know, how many people out there are now permanently woke to the issues surrounding the New World Order. Uh, and whether these people can be kept in the fold if they aren't if they aren't fed facts and information and a sense of camaraderie that they've found on the web in various places. You know, will they shut down somebody like Drudge? Will they shut down extremely minor people like myself? You know, how far is this going to go? You know, I've heard that, you know, some Republican candidates have been shadow banned. And I'd love to see what Congress can do about this. Although, you know, I've never, I've never given any credit for the Republican Party and the, the way they're able to do things. So I think it's, I think it's uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how effective this is going to be. Will it, make, will it make our side even more militant? By making us more scared and perhaps a little paranoid. So I think uh, everything's going to be, ba- everything's going to bear watching over the next 
the next year and a half or so, I think, to see how effective these people are going to be. Well, this is uh, Corn Cod One of Paleoconservative on Steroids signing off.